Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like school districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice, curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poteaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone, welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company Podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
A teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Welcome back to Special Education Advocacy with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow and I'm so happy you're here. Today we're going to talk about one of my most practical tips when I advocate for inclusion. Now the reason that we're talking about this is because in my practice and also in my personal life with friends, I'm having people ask me a lot about inclusion. And I think it might be because my referrals kind of come from my friends to begin with, but I have a lot of kids that are in a middle school and high school now in my practice. And inclusion gets a little trickier in some ways and a little easier in some ways when you reach those transition ages. And there are, and I by transition age, yes, that is also technically transition age, over 14 or over 16, depending on what state you're in, but I'm talking about transition to middle school or transition to high school. And so as you kind of face this transition to middle school, which the Barlow family is facing, our Jack is going to middle school, or the transition to high school, you need to look at when you're going to get your special education, when you're going to be with your general education peers, when you're going to get your related services, you need to start looking at that vis-a-vis -vis the entire school schedule, vis-a-vis -vis the entire day. And I talk about this in my inclusion workshop. And in the inclusion workshop, you kind of get the whole background on what the law says we have to consider. And then we plug in all of those factors into those arguments. This is one piece of the puzzle. So I am not saying this is the entire puzzle. It is absolutely not. But this one practical tip oftentimes is the thing that takes us over that gets something done at the IEP table. Because it's so practical that it's kind of like hard to say no to. So, okay, so you've built the entire IEP. You've talked about present levels. The present levels establish the need for the goals. And then you've developed goals and you've talked about the specially designed instruction that you're gonna have for the goals, right? And so you talk about the special education minutes and you're talking about the least restrictive environment. When we're talking about those special education services in the, in the quote unquote minutes in the IEP. And so as we're talking about those things, we need to look really practically at the school day. And so oftentimes what I say in meetings like this is, okay, hang on one second. What is the schedule? Can you please give me the schedule? So in our middle school, for example, I will tell you that we have seven class periods and um, most of the kids on IEPs use one of those class periods for specially designed instruction. You don't have to, but most of the children that could benefit from an entire class period, 45 minutes per day or however long it is per day, 
get to the opportunity to use one of those for kind of pull out resource um, special education time. The way I'm describing it sounds like predetermination, and I know a lot of you are like, ah, that's predetermination. Um, but it truly is, um, in my experience and in the experience of many of my friends, um, not predetermination. It is truly individualized. And so that's one class period. Then there's two elective classes. And then there are um, four, the four content. So you have math, science, uh, language arts or English, and social studies. And then you have um, two electives and you have this learning strategies class. Now, if you need to take away anything else in order to get specially designed instruction done, then you do. But that is kind of like, what a baseline um, schedule looks like. And I oftentimes say, can you tell me what the gen ed schedule is like? And that's probably how they would present it to me. Now, you know, in the most inclusive school in the world, they probably don't say there's three electives, but most of the kids on IEPs or if kids need it, they can take one of those for specially designed instruction. But, you know, you take what you can get. So that's, and, and sometimes the way that they present it alone tells you how inclusive the model feels. Okay, so you look at this schedule and this totally applies to elementary school too, right? Because children in elementary school go in, they get unpacked, maybe they do a little morning work, maybe they go straight to the carpet, maybe they do calendar and weather and um, their, their popcorn words or their sight words or whatever it is. Um, and then maybe they do centers and then um, maybe they do an hour's worth of math. They have a schedule that they follow and the schedule might change day to day, but it's important to know, step one, what is the schedule? Super practical. What is the schedule for the general education students? Okay, now, when you're thinking about the schedule, don't forget to think, okay, oh yes, we need specially designed instruction. We have all these goals and we have decided how we're going to teach them and we need that instruction. So step two is, could any of that specially designed instruction be pushed in in a really organic, natural way? Are there specially designed services that can be pushed in to the general education classroom? Can we have maybe a collaborative class where there are, we should do an entire podcast on collaboration and co-teaching. Um, if you need resources on collaboration, I highly recommend the books by Paula Kluth, K-L-U-T-H. See, this is what happens in my brain. It just starts going. Maybe we have collaboration and um, we, can, we can kind of get some of our service minutes through a collaborative teaching model. Maybe we have a special educator that comes into a class to work on a particular goal on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, whatever, when that class is doing something else. You know, as you get older, another thing to think about is, is there a particular teacher that, that assesses children in a way that is really equitable, that could be modified well, is there a teacher that does project-based learning? Um, is there a teacher with, you know, it could be flexible seating options, whatever it is. We have to think about this particular child and we're thinking about where we can get time 
for that specially designed instruction. So I have a lot of kids that are around high school that need, you know, maybe like 30 minutes of instruction and reading. You know, my kids that have specific learning disabilities, they, and, and they're taking four AP classes. And so I say to the students, okay, or I say to the parents to ask the students, usually I don't um, usually interact with the students on a normal basis. But I say to the parents, ask them if there's a teacher that is finished a little bit early. Is there a teacher that like does 20 minutes of great instruction and then you work independently? Because if there is, and if she doesn't need a whole lot of help on that independent work, then that can become homework for her and she can go get that reading instruction then. Um, but if it's banned and they are playing, you know, they're practicing their pieces for the entire 45 minutes or 56 minutes or whatever it is, then we don't want to leave that class because that is really hands-on and important work to have. And so we're kind of thinking, where can we organically get services in the classroom or where is there a spot where it might be um, almost no harm, no foul by way of the gen ed curriculum in order to have some pull out time, in order to go out for resource time or pull out special education. And so then we kind of look at what's left, right? We say, okay, so we know that we can get 20 minutes here and 30 minutes here and 45 minutes here and whatever. Is that enough? Is that enough time to be able to teach what we need to teach? We had these goals, the present levels identified these goals and we wrote these goals and we know how we're gonna teach the goals. And you know, sometimes figuring out how much time it's going to teach the goals is really easy because it's like, well, it's Orton Gillingham and to do it with fidelity, we need this many minutes. That's really easy. I need 45 minutes a day or I need whatever. Sometimes it's not so easy. And we really kind of have to take like the teacher's gut and the parents have to research and be like, well, I don't know how long it's going to take you if you work every day on fractions for 15 minutes. Is that enough or is that too much? I don't know. I don't know how long it's gonna take you. But we kind of, you know, all put our heads together and we say, is that enough, right? And if it isn't, then we start borrowing time other places and we see how we're gonna figure it out. And if it is great, maybe we can even put some more time back onto the gen ed side of the ledger, okay? So we are looking at what's left. And what we have to decide is, does this jive with all of the schedules here? We've got special education teachers. We've got general education teachers. We've got the OT that's only there on Thursdays. We've got all of these people. Does all of this kind of jive? And the answer to that is always going to be no. And that is okay. And interest that the school has, remember I talk about interest-based negotiation. An interest that the school has that is super duper important is the scheduling. The scheduling is a nightmare. If you ask any school administrator what was the worst part of the first year and a half of COVID, it is the scheduling. They had to change their schedules so many times as schools went to remote, off of remote. These people could come in, these people couldn't come in. All of this stuff, this scheduling is awful. So it's never gonna be like, oh yes, that's perfect. But 
maybe you get to a point that the schedule is like tolerable and then you're just you know kind of reworking the things like that video game tetris seeing if you can fit um people together you know because teachers are teaching small group the special educators might have small groups or the speech teacher might have small groups or um maybe there's a teacher that isn't there all five days of the week you know so we're trying to kind of figure it out so we figure that out and then we've got to plug in those related services we've got to plug in the speech and the ot and the pt and the orientation and mobility we've got to plug in the transition work so then we plug that in and we see where we can borrow time remember that those things might not be daily they might not even be weekly heck they might not even be monthly and so at the end of the day once we've kind of like gotten a, a rough picture we say is that enough time for specially designed instruction and does that give us enough exposure to that general education classroom is this truly the least restrictive environment and there's gonna be some shifting there's gonna be a little bit of give and take there's gonna be some push and some pull and don't forget there are things in the schedule for the teachers that can't change right like they can't change their lunch sometimes they can't change their recess because other people use the school they can't change their special area classes so if you find 20 beautiful minutes but they're going to be they're going to cut into gym what does that do to the child what does that do to um, the goals of the team it might be fine it might not be but you can't say, well, can we move gym? Because that shifts the entire schedule. You might be talking about a kindergarten, a kindergartner, and by shifting gym, you've affected K through five or K through sixth grade because the schedules are so, so crazy in, in education. You also have to think about the teacher schedule. You know, I've had people say, well, what about um, if we do it during your planning period? Well, planning periods can be really, really helpful to teachers um, at a specific time, which you don't really think about. You think, oh, you just get time in your day to plan if you're a, a parent. But sometimes they plan with their grade level peers. So sometimes they, you know, all of the third grade teachers have planning at the same time so that they can say, well, how did you teach this? Did that really work? Or how did you teach this? Or here, here's this material that I have or that I bought or, whatever and that can be super helpful for them and they also might plan vertically they might plan you know third grade should be talking to fourth grade so that fourth grade knows what third grade just did and they might also have district-wide planning so that they can talk to teachers at other schools in the district and so you know we can't always take time from their planning periods and we the same thing applies to the special educator they have very busy schedules if there's one person in a school that has the most chaotic life it is the special education teacher they have to take all of that data they have to do all the reporting they have to do all of the scheduling they have to teach all of that content they have to modify all of that general education work I see the modified tests that come home with my son and my and his um, classroom teacher could, I don't know what her caseload is, but she could have 12 kids on her caseload. And I think, holy cow, if you are doing that, 
for Jack and 11 other children, I don't think you sleep at night. I just don't think it's possible. So they have all of that work to do and, and their planning is really important. They've got to talk to every single teacher and be like, when's the science test and what's it on? When's the math test and what's it on? I was thinking about doing this. What do you think about this? Hey, could I borrow the student for this particular thing? Because you know they're gonna go down and read to the kindergartners and it's gonna be really great, but I don't wanna take them away from the science experiment. All of that communication, all that collaboration, that is a lot of work. So we want to make sure that we're sensitive to their schedule because if they have the optimum schedule, it in turn will make an optimum situation for the child. And then you think about the other students, right? So like maybe we say, okay, 10 to 1030 is gonna be this great time. But another great thing is that little Johnny goes to small group with, um, you know, maybe Finn from across town. And Finn from across town is a wonderful language model, totally gets Johnny. They play well together. They really feed off of one another. They have this wonderful speech group. And Finn's class is in gym, which is Finn's favorite thing at 10 o'clock. Well, guess what? The teachers can't be like, oh, that's not gonna work because of Finn, because that is a violation of Finn's privacy. <laughs> and so teachers sometimes get kind of stuck, which is one of the reasons why people are like, you know, I think they're hiding stuff. Well, they have to protect children's privacies, right? But sometimes we can say, well, does that affect small group? If we moved it, would the small group still be able to happen? And if teachers are really thinking about it, they will pause and be like, mm, let me think. Okay, yeah, I think that'll work because I think fourth grade is, you know, doing science at that time or whatever. They typically know what is happening in every single classroom in that building at any time. Right, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to listen to the interests of everybody on the team, everybody in that school, and we're trying to kind of steal minutes so that we can make something work. We had this like kind of fluffy thing going on and now we're trying to kind of fine tune it. This strategy works so, so well because we're looking at the actual school day. We are still saying, what does the child need? How much general education does the child need? How much special education does the child need? But we are plugging it into the day. And that is usually very, very helpful, both for the parents and for the school team to actually see it in practicality, to be pragmatic about it is usually very, very helpful. I hope this strategy helps you. We are here at the peak of IEP season. If you need more help with inclusion, you can hop over to my website and check out the inclusion works workshop. It's about an hour and a half of videos. It's got a big, long, amazing workbook. This is probably the product that I'm quite frankly most proud of. I needed to make this for myself um, to use in my practice. And I thought, well, I may as well record a video for you. It is super helpful. It goes through the law, what the regulations say, what the Department of Ed has said by way of OSEP and OSERS, um, Dear Colleague Letters and Policy Documents, and then it goes through the practical considerations. This is just one piece of it, and I didn't even go all the way into detail on this. I hope it's super helpful. 
And I will see you same time, same place next week.